keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, succotash, son. But it's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two pipe too, Billy. And you book a match with me, that's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome everybody to Total Effin' Marks. I am the king of sad style, the man with the largest caps in the world, Dan St. Germain event. And joining me as always, <laughs> Mr. Sergeant Slaughterhouse, Scotty Chaps. I thought you forgot your last Chaps. name. I know, I know. These are these are these are desperate days. We're all. <laughs> I mean, if there's if there's one time in history to quarantine, I guess it's the time where there's a billion streaming services. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, but then there's also like that time in history where like you might have just not known this was happening. That probably would have been nice. Yeah. Remember when people were dying around other people and they were just like, <laughs> "Damn, what they do." <laughs> Who did they anger? <laughs> Why are you doing a Def Jam set from 1994? Um, let's go into uh, the 10 count. Number one, WrestleMania night one. It's our WrestleMania recap episode. Let's go through it. But general impressions, what did you guys think of night one? Um, you know, I didn't mind WrestleMania uh, much. I didn't have a lot of complaints about the two shows, really. Um, yeah, I liked how they were timed. Uh, I mean, I guess we're talking about night one. So opening match was the tag match, correct? For the women's The opening match was the tag match. There was a pre-show, Cesaro versus Drew Gulak, which was, wasn't great, but they didn't give it a ton of time. No, but yeah, that was good. Then the women's tag match, match was good. I think people have been sleeping on it. Well, Some I mean, people seems- were saying it's either like good, okay, or underwhelming, and I, I thought it was a really good. I mean, I thought it was a very good opener. Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, I think um, the ending was sloppy, right? Am I wrong about that? It was. I mean, it wasn't as there was a few times where it was a little sloppy. I think where Alexa Bliss came down with Twisted Bliss, but. I still thought she looked really good. Yeah, I was uh, I was fine with it. I'm I'm a big Oscar fan. I thought Oscar was great. Yeah, yeah. Zach, when we had, oh yeah, Zach, go ahead. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a it was a solid opener, and I liked the uh, I liked the outcome. I thought it was good because then, as I, I, as we saw on Monday, we're back to Oscar being Oscar. Hopefully, yes. Seems like the other girl, you know, she just got married to a guy in Japan. Like, there's so many reasons to just leave WWE. <laughs> well, yeah, also, didn't stardom in Japan? Like, aren't they begging for her to come back? They offered her and Io Shirai a lot of money. For yeah. Her. They a should go, man. Don't, don't you just want to be home? 
Well, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to like marry somebody, then have to go film an event, and then be quarantined for two weeks in Florida, and you can't be with him. Hopefully, he's with her in Florida. But who the fuck knows? Japan is obviously taking this very seriously, so... I know, I keep getting so upset about how seriously Japan is taking it, because I just want to see my fucking new Japan. (laughs) At least you're honest about it. On to the second match, King Corbin versus Elias. This sucked. I thought... Yeah, guys, Baron Corbin fucking sucks. They need to stop booking him in matches on television. I think what it is, is there's something about him in person, because he's much bigger when you're around him in person. And he has this natural cockiness that I think Vince like reminds Vince of the eighties heels, but this match sucked. Yeah. As all Baron Corbin matches. suck. Yeah. I mean, we should give a little bit, some of the credit to, of the sucking to Elias, but, uh, Elias looks good helped. though. He's got a great look. I, I still think he's, and, and he's a good promo. I don't think he's great in the ring. No, 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 I don't either. He looks a lot like Rollins. He looks like a uh, like a superior Rollins. I mean, aesthetically, sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I, that's why I said look, yeah. Uh, what do you think just, about uh, Elias, Zach? I agree with you. I really don't think he's that entertaining in the ring. And when that match hit the 30-second mark, I was already upset. So... Yeah, I, I think we also expected that Gronkowski was going to be the replacement for Elias, just in how they were setting it up. Because Corbin killed Elias on last Friday's SmackDown. He, he pushed him, you know, basically off like a watchtower. I think it was two weeks before, so he, he, he was able to survive long enough. Yeah, Dan, it's not as stupid as you think it is, okay? Yeah. It was two weeks he had to recover. <laughs> my, my, my bad, my bad. On to the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch for Shayna Baszler. A surprise to everyone when Becky Lynch got a roll-up win. I thought it was a good match. It was a little short. The ending was a little abrupt, and I don't mean that. I, I know that... It, it, the point was that it was abrupt, but I, I still think that they could have built a little bit more to that. But, you know, all in all, I thought it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, I actually liked the match, and I didn't mind the end result. I mean, again, you are um, fighting in an empty space, and when it comes to championships, you kind of do maybe want to switch most of them when people are there. I know that didn't happen on this show, um, but I'm just saying, like, at least some of these moments should be held off for actual audiences. It's... It's not the end of the feud, but whenever the heel loses first, you have to find an interesting reason to start it up again. So I I hope that they have figured out how to do that. It's going to be seems like they didn't really address it this past Monday, but I'm not sure how this ends up. The Intercontinental Championship was on the line. Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. I thought it was a fine. I, I, on almost every single one of these matches, I won't bury it because the task was daunting for all these guys. I thought it was one of the more fun matches, and that was thanks to uh, 
the shit talking. I think like a few matches really stuck out when it came to them adapting to the silence. And um, this was definitely one of them. I think it was SummerSlam 2016, the Lumberjack match between Seth and Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley. But it had similar kind of fun kabuki that went on outside. Reminded me of it a little bit. But Sami Zayn gets the win. I guess I'm glad just for the simple fact that I hope Daniel Bryan's going to stay home now until this pandemic is over. In case he does have a weaker immune system. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I actually thought they were done. And now I just found out. Well, I guess this comes out. Oh, well, it comes out tonight, I guess. But Friday, this Friday, so probably today for a lot of you listening, um, they're filming again, right? Well, yeah, it's it's on the countdown. We'll get to it. Uh, we, we may not have to do theme episodes for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I think everything is kind of in a, in a state of motion. But anyway, let's keep to WrestleMania for now. Smack Dees, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, John Morrison versus Kofi Kingston. Versus Jimmy Uso. I thought they had a fine match. I it was probably a little bit. It was a little bit better worked than the match at 33 that was for the tag championships where the Hardys returned, but it didn't have the crowd in a match. Like uh, there's no reason to have a ladder match unless you have a crowd. It's too dangerous to justify doing it for no one. Yeah, I agree, but. Um... I liked in this match, this was when, and, you know, we watched this together uh, on Zoom with uh, Mike Lawrence and Evan Williams. And um, this was when I started noticing the edits, like the uh, when when um, the crash pad. Yeah, the crash pad, you know, the, the these camera shots. And I was actually relieved, you know, because I was like, oh, these people shouldn't be risking their lives this much um, when there's nobody there. But also, uh, and we'll talk about this later, I think that does uh, bite them in the ass uh, in some other matches. But in this match, I thought the spots were picked wisely, uh, and yet you still could tell that they were fighting with a ladder and risking their lives. Because let's be honest, that's part of a ladder match, is the risk. If there's no actual risk and you're watching it, why are you watching it? Why is it a ladder match? So I liked that they didn't, edit it too much but they edit it enough for me to go okay nice work i don't know i thought it was perfectly like balanced when it came to edits yeah i I thought all the i I thought everything was edited pretty well i'm actually gonna push back on some of the you know internet blowback on the edge and orton episode orton match which which we'll get to at number two but I, I thought most of the editing was good. But WB, I mean, the best thing that they do is the editing of their packages. I mean, whoever that de- whoever the head of that department is deserves a raise every year. For sure, for sure. Twenty four seven championship. Uh, Raw Mojo Rawley defeated r Truth and Gronkowski to win the title. Uh, is there anything else to say here? I mean, it was it was really tough seeing Gronkowski introduce WrestleMania. He just, he's got to have some learning disability, right? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, cause he was like way too loud for the situation. Yeah. I think that's a guy who's way too loud for every situation. 
They really need to make him a heel. I mean, this is just not going to work if they think he's going to get cheered at SummerSlam. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Is, is SummerSlam in New York? It's in Boston? Where was that last year? I think. Oh, yeah, it's in Boston. I think you're right. It's oh, maybe he will get, get cheered, cheered right? Patriots, yeah. Fucking idiots up there. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Uh, surprisingly, I thought I thought it was a very good match. Well, I kind of thought that they were going to pull something out. The uh, disqualification fake out, I thought was perfect. I thought and it was trash. Kevin had a great spot. You you did not like this match. No, I loved the match. I didn't understand why there was a disqualification just to restart it. And that move off the thing, just do a ref bump. Just do a ref bump and then fight outside the ring for longer than 10 seconds and do that fucking awesome move and then eventually throw him into the ring. And then when he gets into the ring, the ref is finally alive and counts to three. What the fuck happened to ref bumps? You have to restart the match. It's trash. It's like a twist. What are these twists? It's like, oh, see, you thought we sucked, but we don't. It's like, well, no, you usually do suck. It's just dumb. I actually, I mean, I appreciated that they tried something new. The problem, it's not new. well, well, it is kind of new to have the wrestler be like, "Let's start the match again," and the match starts again. I, th- I think the problem with not having a GM anymore, not having a McMahon character, is moments like that are a little bit awkward. Or not even having a Teddy Long, not having that GM William Regal archetype. Kevin Owens calling. A restart of the match is awkward. Also, which we'll get to uh, at our Raw after WrestleMania section, Big Show bringing out a ref by himself is awkward. It's a little bit weird when you see the inmates running the asylum. Yeah, especially when you know the inmates don't run the asylum. Yes, no, uh, that is that is completely true. Uh, to our two main events tonight, one, the Universal Championship, Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. What a fucking waste of time. <laughs> what a weird situation. What that did you think felt of the match? Like a commercial. It did. It felt like... You know what it felt like? It felt like if you were playing the No Mercy video game and you just lost and you want to get back to the top level that you were beforehand, so you do four power moves and then move Ugh. to the next level. It felt like a shitty video game match. I used to play two-player and then just not have anybody else be the second controller and just beat the shit out of someone. Yeah. Um, and then switch the controller and then beat the shit out of that guy just to see what moves I could do with each of them. That's what this was. This was trash. This was a waste of everybody's time. I mean, I saw the, uh, is this on the 10 count? Uh, the, you know, Goldberg's apparent. Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Well, geez. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about this match then, but wow. <laughs> what did you think, Zach? A waste of time is a good phrase. That was uh, that was definitely uh, the one of the weakest things about the show. Helps I, nobody. It really didn't do anything for anybody. I mean, people are gonna say that Braun Strowman, you know, is better off with the title than Goldberg, but I don't. I came out of it saying, who cares about the whole thing? Yeah, there's also like. I mean, look, if those are going to be the moves, if it's like, hey, we're going to do four spears and then four whatever the fuck they're called, like, can't they both agree to just sell them well and, like, stretch it a little longer with them, like, 
genuinely hurt from these moves. It was just all so quick and rushed and then done. Even his like celebration was just like, and then he goes to the back. Yeah, he he looked like he was already anticipating the internet burying him. Yeah. It was all so quick. All of it. All of it was quick. The entrance, it all just felt like this weird rushed, um, like almost like there was the potential of a virus in the room, you know? Well, WWE took a big swing. Maybe they didn't, and we'll talk about that later on when they put the (laughs) title on to Colbert. But we'll... uh... I think this is the problem when you when you put a title on somebody that can't work. It's like if, if it's not a spectacle, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. No. You know, like Reigns versus Goldberg is is a spectacle. Anybody versus The Fiend is a spectacle. Oh, well, Rod I got I got, I got a storyline for Reigns coming up. We'll talk about that. All right. Well, let's get to the our main event of night one. Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. I thought it was awesome. We had a blast watching it. It was way better than everyone thought it was going to be. It was it sure, yeah, there were wrestle crap elements of it, but they no, were all it, kind of fun and they it were all was, it's all wrestle crap, but wrestle crap is fun and it felt like it was aware that it was wrestle crap. Yeah. But if there was a moment in it where you were like that was a cool line, you're a fucking loser. If there was a moment in it when you were like, that seemed legit, you're fucking mentally handicapped. It was absolutely goofy. um, And that's why it worked, uh, which I feel like people aren't acknowledging that much. It was very silly. It felt very foot fist way in in the best in, (laughs) in the best ways possible. There wasn't a silly moment in it. And then when it did get serious. What'd you say? Hillbilly Undertaker is badass. Sunday Anarchy Digger. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. But I, I, it got too real for me. When, when AJ was, um, was saying, please don't bury me. <laughs> it, it got too real. It was, it, then it became like, a, oh man, you're, you're going to kill this guy because... <laughs> He shit talked your wife. It was uh, it was a little. Well, okay, much. You're like anybody who believes this is an idiot. But you're like, did he really kill him? <laughs> well, no. I'm just saying, like, if you're, it, they shouldn't have gotten too real with it. It should have remained. All of a sudden, they were like, let's try to really do this. <laughs> it's these two fucking idiots talking to each other. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I will say that it was a lot of fun and I had a blast watching it. And uh, how can you, how can you complain about that? What did you think, Zach? Oh yeah. I absolutely loved it. It was the most ridiculous in all the best ways. And I, I made many jokes about how amazing wrestling is now that it's just a total shit show entirely. And no, it's, it's, it's complete. It's, it's just a episode of, uh, Lorenzo Lamas's Renegade. That's a wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. I loved Undertaker talking shit to AJ Styles. What's my wife's name? What's my wife's name? Real terrific hillbilly shit. AJ's entrance was uh, fantastic. Do you think that they could realistically? I got an argument with Lawrence about this. I think they could do Undertaker versus Sting now. 
well, yeah, do I th- it in a match think, like this. Yeah, I think Taker can be in 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 a hundred of these. You know, um, I hope it's once a year, but this should be his mania match. It should be at a boneyard. Yeah, or somewhere else. I mean, yeah, I guess boneyard is the place it should be, but um. Yeah, you know, I know Foley, you know, tweeted after he posted a video, like, please let me be in the next one, you know, and it's like, oh, wow, now the door's wide open. We can bring anybody into this. Hello, Iron Sheik, WrestleMania 37. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's uh, jump to number two, which is WrestleMania night two. We had Liv Morgan versus Natalya in a kickoff show, a match I did not see. Yeah, I didn't watch that. We opened with Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. I thought it was a very good match. I was totally fine with Charlotte winning a title. People have had a problem with that. I think it's weirder to have Rhea win. Now you can show Rhea chasing the title. I really enjoyed the match. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I had a blast watching it. Uh, I thought it was well done. And, yeah, I think Charlotte should have won this. Now Rhea is definitely going to beat her at some point and win that title back in front of a crowd, uh, which is what the world needs now. Next next up, we have Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley, which was totally painless. Kind of like Bobby Lashley's last year match with Finn Balor. I don't really remember that happening. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we think about this match. Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. The match really needed a crowd. I don't know if it needed it as much as Drew and Brock, but it, it needed a crowd. It's probably the right winner. I don't know what they do next. It's just Otis is there with Mandy. They do some, like, TLC special where he gains, like, 200 pounds, and it's her trying to get him out of the house. <laughs> I just whatever they do I hope they don't break them up like not even in the next two years just let them work together let it be like a savage Miss Elizabeth don't ever break them up though you know um, I mean if it's a here's the thing if it's, this is a realistic situation right Otis and Tucker they're the kind of guys who would shoot Alligators with Brett Favre. Yes. So, in all honesty, in kayfabe, Otis and Tucker must have fucked at least once, right? I mean, these are swampland hillbilly folk. So, is there some sort of jealousy angle with Tucker and Mandy? Oh, you think? Okay, so you think Tucker's into him? Hey, I don't know if they're into him. I just think they're good friends who probably sixty nine. Am I just talking about myself? Yeah, I don't. I think you got you got hillbilly all wrong. Yeah, I don't think that's a hillbilly thing. What do you think, Zach? Uh, I I like where your head's at, but uh, <laughs> but they're gonna forget about this next week, and they're never gonna mention it again. So I hope you're ready for that. You think so? Yeah, they're no. That was the end. That was the end of that little story. And now it's going to be Mandy versus Sonya for something else. And then Otis and Tucker are going to go off on their own. They're totally going to not acknowledge it at all. That's my Very prediction. doom and gloom, Zach. 
Well, I mean, with the, I, I got a happy ending out of it. I enjoyed the match. Yeah. But uh, I don't Otis, think... Otis starts dating I... Rowan Spider. <laughs> now we get to the match that everyone on the internet is bitching about. Edge versus Orton in the last man standing match. What did you guys think? It was 15 minutes too long, but I liked it. Scott? Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's a lot of minutes. I do agree. Um, now, again, I watched it with Dan, Mike, and Evan, and the time flew because we were just talking throughout it. We just talked the whole time uh, while watching the screen. So it didn't feel like that too much for us, but there was definitely a lack of um, – moves and i don't mean like yeah they should have been punching the shit out of each other but uh not for that long that shouldn't have happened um i thought the hanging um on the equipment was fucking stupid i mean how do you not realize what that looks like that's the first thing i thought when i saw it um and my main complaint about this match It, it it was the pro wrestling version of trying to take the hitler mustache back (laughs) oh but um my main complaint was was the commentary team man they were just like uh whispering the whole time they're just like oh now uh now it's just gonna climb up the uh ladder that's uh, you know i haven't i haven't rewatched it and i have rewatched uh two of the mania matches but i heard that the commentary is very pga golf tour Dude, it's so bad. Uh, yeah, I thought it was fine. I, I don't think it deserves the hate that everybody's been giving it. No, but it doesn't necessarily deserve love either, you know? Yeah. I did love the end. I thought I thought the whole Edge emotion, you know, Edge's emotions, Edge crying and stuff was, uh, was really well played. But yeah, I otherwise, I mean, dude, nothing happened in that match. Nothing. And there is some argument over, look, if the guy can't do table spots anymore, should he be doing an elbow drop? And, like, because it's just not going to look as as good as the bumps he used to take. But, uh, I don't know, I think it's a different character. This type of character would just would just do an elbow drop. He wouldn't try to make it fancy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have no critique of that. Uh, I just... I think it's a match that has no replay value. There wasn't even like a big moment in it where I go like, wow, that'll be uh, something we. we Maybe the end, the end, perhaps the end. But I mean, at what point in a WrestleMania montage are they going to be cutting any of these matches besides the taker match or the firefly funhouse match? I just don't know how that this makes it, you know, maybe see it, maybe Owens jumping off the WrestleMania sign. I don't know. Any of this stuff really looks great in a in a montage. I mean, we saw the national anthem montage at the beginning of the show. This, the neither of these nights are going to have that that type of replay value. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, even the night after, it's not even worth uh, the highlight. You know, there's not even a moment in it in the highlights where you're like, oh yeah, got to see that. That's true. Fucking sweet gear though. Edge had a oh hell yeah. He may win Gear of the Year at the Total F and Marks Awards 2020. <laughs> Raw Tag Team Championship. The Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory. 
This was a perfectly fine match. Uh, I think that they could have just done it on Raw the next night, and it also would have made Bianca Belair's you know, entrance and into the WWE seem a little bit more meaningful. But I thought it was fine. What do you guys think of the match? Yeah, same exact thing. I literally I don't remember the match at all. They got Bianca Belair in. I hope she's not just a valet. I don't think she will be. But No, I mean, she's great, man. And she was on like an hour and 20 minutes of Raw this week, so. Yeah, she's she's got a high ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Ronkowski defeated Mojo Rowley via pinfall, Rowley, to win the 24-7 championship. This was a no-brainer. Put the title on Gronkowski. So now every time he does a media appearance, the WWE title is around his waist. The ugliest WWE title. They they may have to redo that title. They should. I still think it's better than the Universal Championship on SmackDown. I think that may be my least favorite title. All right, the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey versus Sasha Banks versus Lacey Evans versus Tamina versus Naomi. Bailey retains... It was a SmackDown match. Yes. John Cena versus The Fiend in a Firefly Funhouse match. I love this. Some people hate it. There's, you know, any angle where there's a ton of Easter eggs and and different editorials devoted to what what it meant. You know, you know, at least they're getting people talking. Which are unnecessary, I think. I I think most of those. Well, the Easter eggs, I mean, it's like, it, it's all right there for you. It's not complicated. Like, a lot of people are like, this this thing, you got to go back and study it. And it's like, no. Well, it's I, complicated picked for up, most wrestling fans. Yeah, I mean, who the fuck is still watching, though, if they're not a diehard? I don't I, I can't comprehend. That's true. You know. Yeah, the median I, age of WWE right now are also the people who... Have the greatest risk of getting corona. Oh, lovely. But, uh, yeah, okay, so anyway, my, my opinion of this match, uh, I think this was my my favorite match of the weekend. Wow, you liked it better than the Boneyard match. Yeah, it's better than the Boneyard match. The Boneyard you- match is not good. It's just funny. It's just funny to watch, and you go, whoa, that was nuts. I can't believe that happened. What a thing. But it's not. it's not good. It's, like, not actually good. It's like those movies that, like, it kind of looked like. Those movies aren't good either, but we watch them because it's just, like, a fun, exciting, stupid, silly uh, thing to watch. A buddy of mine said it looked like a Cinemax action movie scene. Yeah, exactly. Those movies are bad. It was bad, but it was fun to watch, and we had a good laugh. Zach, what do you think? Firefly Funhouse or Boneyard Match? I'm going to I'm gonna. I'm going to say Firefly Funhouse as well, only because there was just more stuff going on. And Scott is right. It, it, it's it. The Boner match wasn't like uh, a, uh, a highly choreographed hundred million dollar uh, Hollywood movie. It was 55 year old Undertaker and 50 year old AJ Styles hitting <laughs> each other in, a, in on dirt. And they weren't even doing moves. Like, it was yeah. just punches. No, I, I did rewatch it expecting that I missed the phenomenal forearm, but he never really gives it to anybody. No. 
I mean, I think there was a there was a choke slam and the tombstone. I think that's the the, the two you got out of that match, yeah. and that, then then it was a lot of striking. The the fiend Cena stuff. I don't even want to call that a match. I mean, it's definitely my favorite thing that happened over the weekend. But it was so damn good, man. Whatever it was, it was really entertaining. So good. People who drive uh, me nuts. People who are like, "Well, I wish I had seen a match." Like, do you really want to see? When has one Fiend match been that great? This was the first great Fiend match. Even well, the the strap match with with Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble was was okay. No, I mean, look, look, I, you know, I've been complaining about the Fiend uh, forever. And the thing is, the Fiend is a gimmick. If you're going to have a match with him and he no-sells every move, it doesn't make him look cool. It just makes wrestling look fucking stupid. And in this, that didn't happen, and so the character worked. Yeah. He but did, shout you know, out to the SmackDown team for putting that together. That shit was fantastic. Now you want to hear my storyline for Roman Reigns, right? Because yeah. the Fiend should this, this should be how the Fiend has matches now. Guys facing themselves, right? And, and, you know, however you want to do that. Um, and then they get, like, sucked up and disappear, kind of, right? And then he faces Roman Reigns. And it's like, how do you face this? How do you face yourself? And Roman Reigns is like, well, I beat cancer. And that's, like, the whole thing. It's like th- the one guy who can beat, you know, his own, you know, this own demon within himself, his own issues or whatever is Roman because he had the willpower to be cancer and therefore he has the willpower to go through this. He's the only one. Man, that would work if uh, Bill Goldberg hadn't already destroyed that theory. <laughs> well, yeah. Our main event, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. This match was probably hurt most by not having a crowd. The right guy went over. Brock put Drew over about as thoroughly as you can put somebody over. It was the opposite of the Seth Rollins match from last year. But, you know, he needed the pop for this. Yeah, I also think you needed a little more of a match. Yeah, I think, I think that that's true. But that is a hard thing to ask of a person like Lesnar, you know. Who, Especially if he's pissed off that he has to be it, there because he's got a... Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, you just, you know, it it's the same match from the night before, but it has two opponents that um, just are genuinely better. Yeah, genuinely better. And I, I think the problem so far with Drew, I think Drew's been really good, and I think they've made all the right decisions with Drew. I haven't loved some of the execution, and we'll get to that in uh, in the th- on our on number three, which is the Raw after WrestleMania. I guess we'll get right to it. I think Drew having to face somebody right after Lesnar and winning, I think that's actually a really cool angle. I don't like Drew saying, "No, no, I don't want to fight. I just had a match." I like the fact that he kicked Big Show's face off. But I, I don't think you should ever have your mom, you know, because he's kind of a, like a monster face, like a bad. He's not like the plucky Daniel Bryan type face. Mm. So he shouldn't. He should have said, let's do this. As soon as Big Show challenged him 
to a championship match. Plus, Big Show wasn't clear whether or not it was a title match or whether it was just an exhibition. He seemed to waffle. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's no reason for it. I mean, the, the one thing I could think is like, you know, you did just fight Brock Lesnar, like so you so you, you do have you to have act, to act like, like you know, you know, you're exhausted. Yeah, no, I don't think you needed to like seen it, you know, where it's where he was like supermaning it, but I don't know. Also, oh, Big Show is just never a good surprise. No like, just never. It wasn't great. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing with Bianca Belair, why she was cutting a promo to the hard camera and ignoring Selena Vega in the back. You know, Apollo Crews' Alistair Black match was very good, but it was way too long. And yeah, I, uh, I, I really liked that match. I liked it too, but you still haven't, you know, this isn't PWG. You can't just have two guys come out and have a great match when you've spent, you know, months burying one and ma- months making one look, you know, all powerful. Black, I don't think, has had a major loss on the main roster yet. So, no shit. Why, why is he, you know, going through three breaks of the Apollo Crews? But who well, yeah, I mean, I think this was good. the show of, like, wasting time. Everything was just stretched out to all hell. Yeah. And, and it really back. took a toll on me. It was, it was really hard. This was a, a show that I just kept going back to. Uh, yeah. But not once could I just sit there and enjoy it. What happened when the big show came out? Were you like, this is peak WWE? <sighs> yeah, well, I mean, one, it's like... Oh, I know he lives in Florida, and that's great. I know he's got that Netflix show that's out. Um, but, man, what a lack of a legacy. And I don't want to sound like a dick. He's the big show. He's had an amazing career compared to so many. But I'm talking about, like, what he could have been compared to what he is. Is uh, I mean, somebody has to take blame for that. I think he came around at a time when they nobody was going for the monster heel when he came around. He came around during the time, like right before the NWO, and they tried to get you know some mileage out of him being Andre's son. And then the NWO and Austin came around, and having a monster heel for that type of character doesn't work as well as a you know white meat babyface Hogan in the eighties. Also, he wasn't really that great in the ring yet. And unfortunately, by the time Big Show got really great in the ring, they had already fucked up a lot of his booking. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. Just, I don't know. I, I it, It's a career that, like, I constantly um, look back at and go, like, oh, that, what a series of fucking errors. And I remember when ECW came back you know that was the big thing Heyman wanted to finally push him as a giant and then that vanishes and he kind of comes back as as a surprise now but it's like how do you not realize that every time he is the surprise everybody's disappointed 
Every he did time. get a pretty big pop the last time he came out to a full crowd when he teamed with Owens and Samoa Joe. Oh, I, I, oh yeah, okay, I remember that. Um, well, okay, I stand corrected. He, everybody loves him, and he's a, he's a draw. <laughs> he's not a draw, but I don't think everybody hates him. I got a picture with him. He was very sweet to me. He seems like a good guy. Uh, my general impression of this run to WrestleMania is how how good of a job they did with WrestleMania. Because I think this is going to be the new normal. The, I think the TV this week is going to be the new normal for WWE and AEW. And when I saw that Raw, I was like, well, this is actually, you know, with, with all the handicaps they have right now, this is what every show should be like. So it's amazing that they had two nights in a row where it didn't feel like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am absolutely sure. Like, Mania gave me hope for a minute. And uh, this week did not. But who knows? Maybe they, they're learning. Yeah, I, I just think that they were, you know, I, you know, carting out Nia Jax unceremoniously. That's not a fat joke, guys. <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, they could have done something a little bit more creative with her. Maybe have a backstage segment. I, I don't know. We've seen her beat jobbers before. So. Yeah. Number yeah, four. Yeah. yeah. The this, Wednesday this, Night Wars. Who had a better show, Dynamite or NXT? I want Zach's opinion first. Uh, I like NXT. Uh, I like, I was about to say NXT. I like AEW right now. I think AEW is on no, a bit but not. Of, I mean, not not as a whole. I'm just talking about this past week. Oh, this specific week of wrestling. Yeah. Oh, uh, AEW probably had a had a stronger show. I mean, I, I swear you're right, and I thought I was going to well, get sick for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I guess I'm on an island here. How can you guys make that argument? Okay. Okay. Ready? Because if you watch AEW. Um, the only thing that was like bad was the Omega Nakazawa match, right? I thought that was bad. Um, well, that's everything else served a purpose, made UI. sense, pushed right? things that's forward. The other, that's the other side. That match is the other side of Japanese wrestling, which you're not a huge fan of. Yeah, which I think is illegal on the internet. <laughs> 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 that's what it feels like, right? You're like, uh. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff you like wear a diaper watching. <laughs> well, let's get through both shows. I think the biggest highlight for Dynamite was Chris Jericho on commentary. I thought yes. he kind of knocked it out of the park. Lance yeah. Archer, you know, I thought the promo that Jake did was good. I, I, I definitely think Archer's got a great move set. You know, it's hard to tell with these empty arena. I, I definitely liked his. You know, I've liked his New Japan matches better, but, you know, it's kind of comparing apples to oranges. What do you think about Lance Archer so far, guys? That uh, that choke slam, that choke slam toss, whatever the hell that was. Toss. That was so damn good. Yeah. That alone, I was like, all right, thumbs up for this match. I like that. And hey, Britt Baker and Sheeta... Had the best AEW women's match so far. Yeah, it was fantastic. Really good. I don't know why they're not just building the division around these two. That glove spot was uh, phenomenal. 
phenomenal. I thought NXT probably had the better better match, but that that was close. Well, NXT uh, women's match? The ladder match. Which yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was a better match. Yeah, sure. The I best went against Kenny Omega and Nakazawa over the best friends moniker. That was the actual stipulation. Which I was fine with that. I, you know, I, I, it's not my type of match. But yeah, I mean, in front, in front of a crowd, it. maybe it would have uh, been a lot of fun. But that shit was not fun for me to watch. This is a note I just jotted down. Dear God, please don't put the title on Jack Hager. <laughs> I love those promos, both of them. They were cool promos. Those and packages. His wife was a great heel. Yeah, she's a great heel. Uh, I don't know. I, I love these promos. I'm actually looking forward to this match next week. And I think it has the opportunity to do something a lot of these uh, empty arena matches haven't done. But here it's very good. I heard the match is very good. Oh, really? Okay, good, good. Yeah, I think... Um, I think they're going to show, if they show violence, um, they did something right. And I know, I, you know, I don't want these guys beating the shit out of each other in front of nobody. Um, but at the same time, I think, um, and we're going to get to it in a second, there was something I hated so much on NXT, and it's because it didn't come off like a real thing. And so why am I watching it? Part of it is you are putting your body on the line. Again, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it is fucking part of it. Um, and so I think Hager and Moxley is going to do that. I hope it does. If it doesn't, uh, well, then forget everything I just said. I really hope the match doesn't go longer than eight minutes. I think it could be very good if it's short. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't want to see these guys do another, you know, Chabba Gargano or... Or Edge no. Orton thing. Just just no. have it eight minutes. What we ha- you know what? They should have a couple matches, which I can't believe I'm saying this, and I know some people are gonna shit on me. They should look at some of the hardcore championship matches the Attitude Era did and kind of build around those a little bit during these empty arena times. It's like four minutes, some fun spots. Okay, we're done. Yeah, I agree. Let's get to NXT. Oh, before that, Brody Lee. Made fun of Vince McMahon. Dress code. I, I don't know. This is kind of a swing and a miss for me. I liked it. Here's why. Because he said, uh, he said, I have something for you two. The two guys who weren't wearing the tie, right? He said something like that. Like, I, I think I have a thing for you. I think he's going to have them, like, he's going to give them shitty gimmicks. I How fucking... I mean, look, you you keep doing a great job on this punch-up script, but how fucking funny would that be if he starts giving the great. guys in the Dark Order shitty gimmicks and he's like sending them out there and they still <laughs> suck and they just have the worst like that would be so fucking. That would perfect. be awesome, like just two Max Moons. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. I mean, if they don't do that, yeah, boo this. But uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I've been fantasy booking the fuck out of this. And hey, don't don't miss because I know we're going to NXT. Uh, Cody versus um, Sean versus Spears. Yeah, for Sean Spears. I forgot his name. He's looking for a partner. Yeah, send your videos, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
which I actually really liked this match a lot. The finish was a little iffy, but um, the match itself I thought was really good. So, Well, it went up against the empty arena match, or I should say empty. Yeah, well, I guess empty arena, empty building match. Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was better than Edge versus Orton. Though I don't think it was that much better. I thought it was a little long. It shouldn't have taken a whole hour. Zach, what did you think of this match? Yeah, as much as I love NXT, and I'm 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 gonna pick NXT over AEW in my heart of hearts. Uh, this was yeah, this was too long, and we just saw two of these exact same kinds of matches: the cinematic music matches uh, over the last weekend, and then we got hammered. It's like. They realized that everybody liked it, so they shoved it down our throats some more, and that's just Well, they not... couldn't have realized it because those are all taped the same day, right? Or, or around the same couple days. But yeah, I just think there's not that much you can do. Yeah, I thought I thought uh, one thing was um, it wasn't funny at all, and the other two matches were funny. I think that's part of it. Um, the other thing is... Well, not the Orton match, but yeah, the other two matches for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the other thing is not a single move during it felt even kind of real to me. Like, it all felt so fake that um, I couldn't get behind it. Like, uh, I was watching, you know, both main events at the same time, and, you know... Cody goes through a fucking table. Cody gets, you know, um, slammed into the guardrail when it's, like, leaning against the ring. Like, these legitimate physical moves. And then on NXT, this, like, huge grudge match. And it's just coming off, um, you know, like, beyond fake. Like, uh, it wasn't even... I don't know. I, I just... It didn't, it didn't work for me. And, uh... Just like I hated the announcers in the Edge Orton match, I actually wish there was announcers during this match. I thought the silence was a little too—it uh, was too much. Yeah, it's just it wasn't fun to watch. I mean, imagine watching that. Like, how can you have your volume? I, I up did at like all? the end. I thought the end was creative. If you want to keep Gargano heel and you want to keep Chompa face and have them go away from each other, I thought that that was a that was a pretty good angle. Yeah, I did. I I I, uh, I liked the end too, actually, and I liked uh, Killer Cross in the car. I thought that was I cool. That. The only thing that was lame is the referee going, "Come on, how long have you guys known each other?" Yeah, that ref the whole time, man. It was so expositioning. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that that wasn't fun. So again, I I hope either company, if they do this in the future, I hope they have announcers going in the back of it i think it's helpful and also like just um you gotta take a few like legit bumps and i know there were legit bumps in it but um i don't know i just want to see a little more wrestling in these matches i love the bumps in the women's ladder match i don't think they were necessary i definitely thought that that was the best match on both of the shows that night but I don't think you need women bumping like that. It's probably why I like NXT better than AEW, but it still doesn't make it totally right, which brings us to number five. Nobody's stopping wrestling. We go right to <laughs> money in the bank. 
uh, I don't need to see any more ladder matches. We saw two this past week. They were good. You're not going to get any better. Can we please save money in the bank for September? If there's any event you really need it, push to September. It's money in the bank. It's like the times that you can even like come out to cash. I guess maybe you know you can play the angle of it's you know when someone tries to cash in now, it's so much it's so much more difficult because of all the COVID restrictions. But yeah, and you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why they're doing this event. I think um, if this week is any indication, um, them both companies continuing is going to really hurt them in the long run. Uh, I don't think it's doing them any service at all. Plus, they already hot shot at WrestleMania. I understand they're like, okay, well, if you do Money in the Bank on WWE TV, it's going to lead to a bigger rating on Raw. But short-term pain for... You know, I mean, short-term gain for long-term pain doesn't seem like the best idea. And Dynamite apparently has six weeks in the can. Having said that, guys, don't worry. We are still going to review a terrible WrestleMania. I mean, a terrible wrestling event next week. That's right. Six weeks is in, in the can. I mean, that can't be good. <laughs> no, it can't. That cannot uh, be good. No, absolutely. It's it, it can't be. It cannot be good. No uh, way. Such a bummer. AEW, I mean, dude, what a 2020 they were having. I know, but I, I don't think this is going to be permanent. I mean, I, I just think that in a lot of ways, this entire... You know, like, look, th- th- this is like one of the worst things that's ever happened to our economy and happened to our country in a long time. But having said that, there is an element of this... Uh, you know this this crisis that's artificial. Like eventually we will have a vaccine. It just may not you know and may not be as quickly as we want it to be. So I think that some of these wrestling companies will bounce back. And I think AEW in particular will will definitely bounce back. Well, I'm I will definitely be there in the crowd. That's what I mean. They're not going to lose the diehards. Now, people who listen to the show, us. <laughs> They're not going to get rid of us, especially when there's nothing for us to watch. Of course we're going to watch. But I'm not I'm not letting us, any of us, get off the hook. Zach, I'm not letting you get off the hook. Scott, I'm not letting you get off the hook. Even though there will be wrestling next week in the countdown, probably at number 10, we will be reviewing TNA's Victory Road from 2009. Why? <laughs> That's right, I folks. That, baby. I got We're time. talking Charmel versus Jenna. We're talking. We're talking Kevin Nash uh, versus AJ Styles. And oh, I remember that match. Team 3D versus the British Invasion. It's apparently, what a culture says it's the tenth worst pay per view of all time. So we're gonna we're gonna check it out next week. I haven't watched a lot of TNA, so I'm dreading it slash looking forward to it. <laughs> also, I forgot to mention this in number four. Jericho and Matt Hardy are apparently gonna be involved in something called the Elite Deletion. What do you feel about this, Scott and Zach? Do you think we should be moving on from this? Like 
you know, it was great in Ring of Honor. It was kind of fun in WWE. Should we be moving on? A lot of people would say no. Maybe it hasn't been handled the way the way it could. But you know, they had Jeremy Borash the first time. I don't know how it's going to get much better. I understand, you know, with how great the empty arena stuff went over this past week, and especially with those two matches, Matt Hardy is probably like, well, I'm going to show them my version, and I'm going to blow everybody out of the water. But I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of just, you know, I, I dig this. I understand he kind of got a cool, you know, Jericho off as this insidious heel, make him, maybe make him more of a funny heel for a couple months so you have somewhere to go with him. But I, I don't know, man. What, what do you guys think? I, I think it's the only thing you can do right now, right? I mean, yeah, you got to film something uh, like that anyway. Eventually, that's going to happen, right? You're going to have a hardy compound type of match. So why not do it when literally filming at a home is the best idea anyway, you know? So, uh, yeah, I say do it now. Get it over with. Um, these next few months, really, I, I can't count them. Um when it comes to like true, true booking decisions, I think we're going to see a lot of weird shit. Yeah. I mean, the task they have ahead of them is, uh, I'm glad I don't have to take care of it. Oh dude. I mean, with AEW, you know, you know, it's like the boys and stuff like that and Tony Khan, but, um, yeah, imagine being a writer for the WWE right now. Like, just that pressure of like, all right, we're going to film this many weeks. Ooh. A lot. Plus, they're, they're definitely, I mean, neither show has to be working with a full staff. Yeah, got to be hell. Number six. Uh, I, I, uh, this is from Cage Side Seats. It came out this past week. There was a shoot airplane fight uh, between Kofi Kingston and... And Vince McMahon. Vince was 64. Kofi was 28. I guess this happened around WrestleMania 26. Yeah, I remember hearing this story from Jericho on Vince, something. Yeah, Vince Vince said to Kofi, you, you want to fight an old man? And then double-legged Kofi on a plane. And Kofi had to fight back. Well, Kofi let it happen, right? Walked off the plane, and Jericho was like, you got to get back in there and fight him. <laughs> yeah. So, which has going to be terrifying because, you know, you look at Titus O'Neil and guys that he's fired for that. What's what's the – what do you do? I guess you fight your boss. Yeah, well, and, you know, they didn't fight. They, like, wrestled each other to the ground. It's just such a Vince story. I'm going to, I'm going to prove, I'm going to make this guy prove. It's not like, like, you're not even saying like, you got to prove how tough you are by trying to fight me. You're basically saying like, you got to prove, uh, how, how delicate of a situation you can handle by res- wrestling a 68 year old man. Yeah. And it's such a crapshoot. J- just that. Okay. You sure this is, I mean, I don't care how close I am with a coworker. If they tell me, no, no, he wants you to fight them. Uh, I'm not going back in that plane. It's not happening. So if you're Kofi, you could kill Vince McMahon. Exactly. So like, what, what do I do? I mean, I let him punch me twice or I let him wrestle me twice. I let him beat me up a little bit. So 
you don't go too hard. I mean, what if you walked on a plane and just headbutted the fucking guy? <laughs> Triple H would be like, thank God. I mean, no, no. <laughs> my dad, my father-in-law. <laughs> Number seven, Kevin Sullivan will be on this week's Jim Cornette Experience. Aishi, don't advertise other podcasts, but... This is pretty fucking good. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. You know, at first, I was thinking about how he's going to talk about Benoit, and that's going to be so interesting. That, that's what he's going to talk about. I mean, first, he's probably going to, you know, deny that he was abusive. Exactly. That's what he's going on. He is going to defend himself. He turned down the documentary thinking, all right, they're not going to talk about me. And then they did, and it was that he, you know, allegedly would... uh would beat Nancy. Uh, so he's definitely going to come out and say, you know, oh, that's bullshit. She used to make up stuff and run around with him. And that'll be fun listening to him do that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be really that, That's perfect. what I've been waiting for. The, uh, the Nancy was a whore angle. <laughs> that'll be fun. He just shits on the sun for no reason. <laughs> must be so horrible if like like you're trying to defend yourself like i didn't hit her and then the cops play you know video footage of you actually pretending to be the embodiment of satan <laughs> yeah right <laughs> dealing with that all right number eight that's not gonna work for goldberg brother i originally wasn't going to include this and the countdown, but apparently, I, you know, I've heard this from WrestleZone and Sportskeeda and a few different places. I act like this is the New York Times or the Washington Post. But Goldberg refused to lose to Bray Wyatt last minute, or maybe didn't he didn't refuse to lose, but he lobbied to have Goldberg go over the fiend because it says the it sends the wrong message to little kids if you have Goldberg lose to a I don't know king clown whatever the fuck you would call the yeah. fiend yeah it would he thought it, it you know the kids want to see somebody defeat uh, a monster keep in mind the average age of the WWE viewer <laughs> is like 51 yeah it's fucking 65 years old <laughs> it's Goldberg's age yeah maybe that's why maybe that's why he wanted to go over Make them feel like they also still it was like a, somebody. It was a monster, and the younger fans needed to see him come out victorious, or it would ruin his character. You're not coming back for another yeah. match. They're unfamiliar with your character. Yeah, and it's also like that's so overrated. You know, the last fight of somebody who's been famous, they're supposed to lose. So. <sighs> oh yeah, but also it's like the only reason I don't want to believe this is because why would they then agree to it? I don't think I, I actually don't believe this because I think that Vizic man saw spear versus spear and that's the decision he made. Do yeah, I think that Bray, do I think that like Goldberg is probably pretty happy? Sure. Absolutely. You know, he gets a second payday. Yeah. But, 
you know, I, I, I don't know. This, this seems but a little other, like wrestling fake news. The, the other part of the story does seem more believable, though, which is that he wanted to lose no matter what at WrestleMania because he wasn't planning on having any future dates with the company this year. Now I could see that happening because especially with what's going on now, he's probably like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. They're not going to be any more shows this year. I'm not doing this shit. I'm not flying around during this. Hell no. So that makes sense. No, he's he he is in Castle Goldberg right at Casa de Goldberg right now. I don't, I don't know how that guy relaxes, <laughs> but maybe it's his wife holding him while he tears. I'm the uh, I'm who's next? Who's next? <laughs> who's next? The issues you have with your father, Bill. That's what's next. <laughs> We're gonna get through him. <laughs> Number nine, turned out Godfather hated pimps. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> earthquake, though. Uh, <laughs> love Earth- a good earthquake. Yeah. Uh, no, he was on Dark Side of the Ring. If, if you hadn't seen it, they talked about uh, the Brawl for All this past week. It was It was very good. Yeah, damn good episode. I just watched it, actually, before we, uh, before we started good. talking. Godfather said, I hated pimps. If there's any pimps behind this bar, they better not be here in the next five minutes because I will knock you off your bar stool. I swear to you, I'd walk behind the bar, the pimp was sitting there, and I'd just crack him as hard as I could. They'd start running. I used to be able to knock people out just by slapping them in their face. I do think that he could knock people out just by slapping their face. I also think that I've been to Vegas, and if you beat the shit out of a pimp, which I'm sure Godfather could have done, one of those pimps yes. is going to come back with a gun and kill the Godfather. Sure. This is like when Tupac was killed in Vegas. Yeah. No, but nobody, I, I do, I do appreciate that you know, he hates pimps because he loves hoes. I think that's kind of nice, you know? <laughs> um, because although, you know, hoes, you know, rely so much on a pimp, he really is their worst enemy. And uh, I could appreciate that that sort of uh, love for um, the hoes. Zach, do you want the hose? Who doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) They need to bring back the Godfather, but like, uh, like during the whole this whole Me Too movement, and he should be like supporting them, you know. (laughs) Uh, He like he has like Flavor Flav's clock around his neck, and he's just like, "Time's up." Yeah, time's up. Time's up. And number 10, the most important thing we're going to talk about on this countdown. Praise Allah. Hosanna the highest. Michael Cole receives a WWE promotion. That's right. I'm so happy for him. The veteran announcer recently promoted to a new corporate title, vice president of announcing. He wasn't vice president of announcing before this. I mean, who was? I feel like it's a thing they just made up. It was Triple H. I don't know. Yeah, who was vice president of announcing before this? Also, any promotion that that like gets you closer to Vince McMahon isn't a promotion. It's a punishment. Yeah. No. This this seems made up. This 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 isn't a real thing. It's um, a real story. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, today, uh, Jerry Lawler said that uh, he is going to be um, commentating on Raw this Monday. 
So uh, they're getting his whole ass down there, unless he's you know <laughs> doing it. You know, unless he's recording it somewhere uh, in Memphis. Um, Jerry Lawler may be walking into the eye of the storm this Monday. Well, he doesn't believe any of that shit is true. Yeah, and again, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but um, if you don't believe it, you can't get it. (laughs) (laughs) No, we we here at the podcast are so happy for Michael Cole. Um, (laughs) No one deserves a made-up title more. Yeah, Yeah, this business titles and... Uh, accomplishments are kind of thrown around, but Michael Cole, I do, I do think that anyone who gets anything in WWE absolutely deserves it. I can't yeah. imagine what it's like to deal with Michael Cole being in my ear for the last like 22 years. That guy has been in his ear telling him he's a fucking idiot for over 20 years. Oh, yeah. This this guy went to war torn countries before WWE. I think you reported on Bosnia. <sighs> Just, and I mean, then he goes to WWE and, and, and he's like, God damn it. You call that announcing a Sean Stasiak match? <laughs> so Vince is the president of commentary, right? I would guess. Vince has got to be the president. That's probably why he's the vice president. Because Vince has declared himself the president of all of the things. This is a, this is a, I'm announcing the vice president and president of announcing at the same time. Yeah. He's, I mean, in two years, he's going to be wearing like a king's crown (laughs) and there'll be like jesters and shit. Absolutely. And we'll still be watching. That's that's actually our truth. Like if the apocalypse does end, it'll be like Vince McMahon on probably one of those elephants that he got from WrestleMania nine and our truth. (laughs) Just trying to usher in the new, the new era era. Of apocalyptic pro wrestling. That's about it for us. Guys, please subscribe to the podcast, comment, leave reviews, like stuff. I don't know when I'm going to be doing stand up again. Probably when they bring comedy clubs back. So I have some dates on my website, but who the fuck knows, folks, if those are going to actually happen? You guys got anything to plug? Uh, No, just check out, you know, my Twitter and my Instagram and, um, Message me if you want to talk wrestling. I'm here for it. All right, Zach. Regardless of what Jerry Lawler might tell you, wash your hands. (laughs) Wash your hands, folks. All right, folks. Have a good one. Be well.